Welcome back, friends. This is Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor gives you college football betting tips. I am said statistics professor, Professor Sides. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today, we are talking week 11 of the 2021 college football campaign. With me today to break down all the action is my co-host, Jack. How are you doing today? Why am I here, Professor? I, I failed. I just failed the midterm. I don't really have much of a chance of passing the class. Why am I? I should just be at some like diner somewhere drowning my sorrows in hot chocolate. Hey, I would not tell that to my students. So I wouldn't tell that to you either. Right. <laughs> well, maybe you should. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that would go over very well with the university <laughs> that I'm employed with. Um, in case you're new here, you will hear me reference the model throughout the show. So a reminder for everyone that my full power ratings are available in the Google sheet that's provided in the show's description. The difference between the two teams' ratings once you account for home field advantage makes up what the model thinks the spread should be between them, which gives us a good idea of where there's value week to week. In the long run, this is a winning strategy, even though it wasn't last week. Uh, however, there are a couple caveats. First, the model is built to optimize for 130 teams, meaning that it will consistently miss on a few. Further, while it does account for recent play, it doesn't know about recent injuries. So what I'll attempt to do in the course of this episode is explain where I think the model will shine. Also note that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable every week, this is clearly an impossible reality for any gambler. The aforementioned Google Sheet contains all the college football picks that we'll make for the week. They'll also be posted on Twitter, reminder, at Professor Sides, and recorded on the free bet tracking app at BetStamp. All of those sources will include the plays that we don't get a chance to discuss during the episode and ones that we had throughout the week as lines move. All of these links are in the episode's description. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, rate, leave a review. We truly appreciate any and all of those things. And a reminder, if you're watching us on YouTube, that we're also available on your favorite audio podcast platform. In an effort to shorten things up here, we're going to move right into the picks. All the interesting discussion from last week has a spot in the relevant game for this week. So we'll jump right in, all lines courtesy of DraftKings. This segment is the weeknight games of the weeknights. The segment where if you're listening on Saturday morning, we will either look like geniuses or fools and maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, I like what I did. Sorry, I didn't pay attention to the title in the in the production notes. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I had fun with that one. Uh, I had fun with all these segment titles, by the way, if you, if you, uh, if you listen or cannot tell. Uh, Tuesday night, we got some match. We got some match in Tuesday and Wednesday. We're going to start off uh, Buffalo at Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio is a seven-point favorite. Jack, what sort of nugget do you have for us on this one? So I, I, there's a couple of things I just want to say in general. One, weeknight maction has, if it's even possible, probably more uncertainty around it than your typical Saturday game, just for all of the craziness of trying to orchestrate going to a football game during a weekday. Um, secondly, we're at the point in the season where you can start to maybe investigate a little too closely into the transitive property. If team A beats team B and team B beats team C, then team A should beat team C. I don't know what the success rate of the transitive property is in college football, but it's not good. That's <laughs> true. It usually, it leads, usually leads you down a, a bad rabbit hole. Yes. So, so that, that being said, these two teams in the Mac Buffalo and Miami have some common opponents that they played fairly similarly. And in fact, one of them was Akron and Miami, Ohio actually had a more difficult time putting Akron away than Buffalo did. I'm not sure either of these two teams are worth a darn, but g given how crazy things could be and how these two teams appear to be relatively even against the teams they played, now might be a good time to take some points. I'm not going to, but I wouldn't be crazy for doing it. And you see, 
my model has liked Buffalo all season. And so I love your logic. Absolutely. I think your logic is spot on, but given the fact that my model has backed Buffalo six times to a one in five record, I'm going the other direction here. I am playing the seven points of Miami of Ohio. The model thinks it should be Miami of Ohio minus seven and a half. And so I, number one, I like the fact that the model is not backing Buffalo because it does not do well when it, when it backs Buffalo. I think the model is kind of, yeah, finally. I think the model's finally figuring out Buffalo is not good. I don't know why it liked Buffalo. I mentioned at the top of the show, it's going to consistently miss on a few teams. It was consistently missing on Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, it usually, the model also usually dislikes Miami of Ohio. So the fact that it's backing them kind of tells me there's something well, here. Like, what, what do you think the line should be? Seven and a half. Okay, so it's not really backing Miami, Ohio. It's not really, it's just but like, usually if you must, it, if you must, yeah, because it usually is on the other side. Now that it's flipped, even though it's slipped by a small margin, I think there's something here. I like it at seven. I don't like it at more than seven. Kind of as you were talking about, Jack. There's a lot of variability here. This game could easily land a touchdown either direction, really. Mm-hmm. So at least laying seven you have that push protection. If this number eats out to seven and a half, I do not like laying a seven and a half at that point, just because there's too much variability in these games to lay a number that big, unless the team that you, that you're backing, you think is that much better. Another seven point spread Ohio at Eastern Michigan, Eastern Michigan is the home team. They are the seven point favorite. What is your take on this? one, Jack? Uh, so this was one where in my notes, I just wrote not a clue <laughs> so i completely <laughs> defer to the professor on this one all right all right the model thinks this should be eastern michigan minus 13 so i'm laying the seven with eastern michigan i think they are a much better team than ohio i don't think i've seen more than about three minutes of either one of these teams so i can't assess anything on the field this is just a trusting the math situation and saying that the math thinks eastern michigan should be a lot better it was the other two directional Michigans that were involved in craziness last week, right? Oh, gosh. I know I've seen – I think that's right. And I know I've yeah. seen Western and Central in other games based off of yeah. opponents that they have played. I, I haven't seen Eastern Michigan, I don't think, at all this season uh, for one reason or another. So, yeah, Poor guys. Yeah, well, we, we, I do have two TVs, and I usually put the laptop and the iPad up, but there's really so much screen time to go around <laughs> on a Saturday. Go, go 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 cover this one eastern michigan and, and then we'll love you exactly exactly C- you certainly more than we love the other michigan schools right now <laughs> yeah. yeah um akron at western michigan is our last tuesday game western michigan is a whopping 26 point favorite against the zips what do you have for us here more some general advice than anything don't lay 26 points on a tuesday if I, I also can't necessarily recommend taking 26 points on a Tuesday because heck if I know, but if you're going to make a play on this game, I would take the points. The model agrees with you. It's only a lean for me simply because Akron is very, very bad. bad. But, yeah. Yes. But I am, I am taking the 26 at a smaller play. The model thinks it should only be 18 and a half. And I think what you said makes a lot of sense there. On a Tuesday night, laying that many points, it's not to say that Western Michigan won't win by 40. Oh, but, yeah. But it's a lot of points. Some of these weeknight games, they have these giant spreads, and a team easily wins by 10, mm-hmm. 14, 21, something like that. We had a similar situation like this last week with a really big number. Um, got a pretty easy cover it there as well. So same thing here. It's, it's just a lean because Akron's so bad. But I do think that they're worth a little bit of an investment if you're going to watch it on the Tuesday night, just because that's too many points. Wednesday night, we've got three more Matt games. 
Toledo is a nine and a half point road favorite at Bowling Green. Bowling Green uh, made us some green early on in the season. Uh, they were pretty good against the spread to start off with. Uh, what's your take for us here? To what degree are we still giving Toledo a lot of credit for almost beating Notre Dame? Because I saw nine and a half and I was like, that seems pretty high for a Toledo team that has really just been floundering back and forth once Maction actually started. Well, and it's kind all, of... this is on the road, right? This is at Correct. Bowling Green. Correct. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. But the last time I didn't get some lines, it really burned me last week. So I, I, I'm going to set this one out. <laughs> well, and I think you made a good point in general with some of these weeknight games with variability and Toledo's had that variability. So absolutely, there is a lot of variability in this one. It's a lean for me to lay the nine and a half. The model thinks it should be ten and a half. So to answer your question, how much credit are we giving Toledo uh, for that Notre Dame game? I'm not sure that much. Uh, if if I recall correctly in that game, it was kind of an ugly game both ways, but it was only one game. Uh, I think this is just looking at the overall body of work here. Toledo's a better team. It's only a lean for two it, reasons. Yeah, I, I agree Toledo's the better team, but nine and a half seemed too high for me. And, and it's, it's only a lean for two reasons. Number one, as I mentioned earlier, this game could easily, any of these mat games could easily be seven point games. Any, there's not a single mat game ever that would surprise me if someone won by seven. That, that, <laughs> and, and some of these totals are getting lower. So the Mac's getting some better defense. I just, I have too many memories of, you know, five, six years ago where those mat games were always just touchdown, 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 touchdown. And someone, whoever had the ball last one by a touchdown, right? And so this game could easily land seven. And so laying nine and a half, I don't love laying more than seven. So that's why it's only part one reason why it's only a lean uh, Bowling Green six and two against the spread this year. So I don't love going against them because like I said, this game could easily fall three, seven, something like that. But the model does think 10 and a half. So I think it's worth a small investment on Toledo there. Kent state at central Michigan. Another Wednesday game for us here. Central Michigan is a three point home favorite yeah that this line looked almost spot on to me this is another directional michigan school related game on which i have no idea the model thinks this should be central michigan minus four and a half so at three it's a normal play for me i'm laying the three with central michigan if it gets up to three and a half it turns into a lean where i still think it's probably the right side but i i love the three here just because you're getting the push protection again they could win by one or two but at least if it's three then then you're covered right there so you're more or less just trying to pick the winner i think central michigan at home is is i think they're a slightly better team plus they're home so i think central michigan is the side to be on in that game and then our last one ball state is a short two and a half point road favorite at Northern Illinois. And Jack, you actually have a pick for us on this one. I do. But before I get to that quick, quick question. So okay. I want to hear what the model says, because I thought Northern Illinois should have been favored. The model thinks that this should be about a pick em. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm not too far off on that. Um, no, no. All right. So, so um, official pick for me, I am going to take Northern Illinois and the minuscule number of points I'm getting, but I'm taking them because that's more than I thought I should be getting. Um, The major reason I'm doing this on top of that, this is Ball State's fourth road game in five weeks. That's that's tough right there. I mean, uh, and like there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but that traveling tank has to be empty, though. This is the Mac we're talking about. You're all staying within the state of Ohio. (laughs) That's true. And I wonder if there is any research on this. I do know that I've seen research with regards specifically to hockey and uh, the NBA where 
teams that go and, and now these are teams that are on road trips mm-hmm. uh, that last a long time. I think I've seen in baseball too, uh, where, where they're going these long road trips or whatever, how teams perform very bad, you know, towards the end of that trip, the whole like we're looking forward to coming yeah. home type thing. So I've seen the football's a little bit different because you come home after a game, that's, right? So I, I wonder if there's some effect there here too. Yeah, that, that, that's a lot of fans every week booing you <laughs> although to be fair in the mac that, i'm not sure how many it is but that's a whole other story right i mean true but i mean doesn't that put a little bit of psychological pressure on 18 to 23 year olds it very well could it very well could yeah it's a pass for me now just because i'm holding out i think you're right i think northern illinois is the right side i would take them in any number of points but i'm just gonna hold off and see if i can get three between now and wednesday i'd love to get the three if not i'm comfortable taking the two and a half just like you are as well so we'll kind of see how that goes as mentioned at the top of the show we'll post this on twitter it'll be in the sheet and tracked on bet stamp uh, whatever i decide to do with this game as we get closer to it Moving away from action Thursday night, North Carolina at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a six-point home favorite. What do you have for us here? Ooh, so, I mean, the, the Wake game was fun, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, it, it, this is a, a, a – we can talk about the Wake game now. We can talk about the Wake game when they – you know, uh, later uh, on, either one, we got to talk I mean, about that game, I guess. I mean, but you have to think about that because this is going to be a very similar type of game. But I think yeah, Pitt's defense yeah. is better than Wake's was. I think that's or right. generally is. I don't have a play here, but I, I don't see North Carolina doing this twice, though. If they do, they might be run out of the ACC. <laughs> yeah, I, although that was a non-conference game. North Carolina beat Wake non-conference game because they wanted to keep the rivalry going. And so because the whole weird crossover thing, too many teams in a conference, right? Yeah, yeah, they, they wanted to make sure that the rivalry happened. So they sched- they scheduled this game to happen even on years that the conference doesn't. So they play a conference team that's a non-conference game. So Wake is still undefeated in the ACC. I, I mean, I'm sure that helps them sleep at night. Exactly, exactly. I think you're right. I think Pittsburgh's defense is a little bit better than Wake Forest. Pittsburgh's issue is they're susceptible to the big play. Uh, so that's something that North Carolina is obviously going to want to take advantage of. The other nugget that I would talk about here is that Pittsburgh had a nice, easy win on Saturday. North Carolina had an emotionally draining win on Saturday short week i think pittsburgh's the right side the model has liked pittsburgh of late it loves them here this is a best bet Mm. for me the model thinks it should be nine and a half so i love laying the six i love laying anything short of a touchdown here i think uh i think north carolina like it's gonna have a hard time doing this in back-to-back weeks if they do kudos to them but i just don't think they're gonna be able to stop pittsburgh at all and on the road on a short week on the like, road in a short week. Good luck, good luck, guys. Yeah, this is this is a great spot for Pittsburgh, I think, here. Mm-hmm. Friday, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a 23 and a half point favorite at South Florida. Cincinnati, what are you doing? Come I, on, Cincinnati. I, I that's remember, actually how my notes, that's how my notes started. Come on, Cincinnati. Let's yeah. go. Let's get the engine running. You're already through the part of the schedule. You should be playing these close games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I remember specifically a few weeks ago, Cousin Jared was on with us, and he, and he made some comment about, you know, come on, Cincinnati, everyone's pulling for you. Don't let us down. Like, don't screw this up. And, I mean, they are, they are screwing this up. 
What wasn't that the like the Chris Berman like slogan on the Sunday NFL countdown? Come on, Cincinnati, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Like I think he was talking about the Bengals, but in this case, we're talking about the other team in Cincinnati. Yeah, right, right. And and <laughs> I, I don't are... trust. I don't trust them covering this spread. Do you? <laughs> well, so here's what I'll say on this: is that when and, and people are talking about this on Twitter, right? And people have really divided themselves into two camps on this. You have the people who believe that a group of five team deserves to make the playoff and they, they look for reasons to back that argument up. And then you have the group of people who believe a group of five team shouldn't be there. And they look for reasons to back that up. There's not very many people I think in the world, and this applies to a lot of things, right. Who are looking at things objectively and then make their opinion after they see the evidence. Right. So I, as a statistician, you as a statistician, I feel like we are trained to do this. I would love to see a group of five team in the playoff, but oh, if you yeah. don't deserve it, I will say the same. I, I can go on either side of the argument based off what's happening. I mean, I'm, and, I, we are, we are, I am openly rooting for Cincinnati to make it into this playoff. If, if not in this field, then win. But, but this ship is starting to sink, guys. It really is. I, I want to see them there, but at some point, the evidence is yeah. not good. It's not on their side here. And, and people talk about, well, well, Oregon struggled here. Well, first off, I don't believe Oregon should sniff the top four, period. I don't think they're a very good team. But people talk about Bama struggling with LSU or Ohio State struggling with Nebraska. Look, Ohio State struggled at Nebraska in a game that they led pretty much the whole time on the road against a top, easily a top 50 team. Cincinnati's three weeks in a row struggled with teams around rank 100. I mean, it's one thing to struggle on the road to a, a, a 35th or 40th best team in the country. It's another thing to struggle three weeks in a row against mm-hmm. one of the worst teams in the country. So, yeah, Cincinnati really has to get it going I mean, here. They play another awful team at South Florida this week, another team that they should blow the yeah, doors off right. of. C- Cincinnati, look at what Oklahoma State did after squeaking by Missouri State, Tulsa, Boise State. Okay, I could go on. Right, <laughs> like, right. like, yeah. Yeah, eventually, like they apparently the past couple of weeks have figured it out, minus the Iowa State game. Right. It's your turn to figure it out. Right, right. And that's the thing is when we talk about, we can't just say, you know, talk about one game here, one game there, whatever. It's about the body of evidence. And Cincinnati is coming up with a resume that says they're not destroying the weak teams. And that's what you have to do. And it's not about style points. It's not about running up the score. It's about going out, taking care of business and being up 28, nothing or 35, seven or whatever at the half and saying, we're going to, we're better than you. We're going to stomp you. And they have, and they haven't done it and they should against these bad teams. Okay. Apparently the professor and I care way too much about Cincinnati. I think everyone's talking about Cincinnati. So we should give them their due diligence. Here's the thing about this game. It's a Friday night game. Everybody's been watching. I don't know if that means anything or not. The model everyone be watching. State, state high school playoffs. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The college football world will be watching, I guess. The model says this should be minus 27. I've mentioned this in weeks past. My model is not built to like favorites. So when it likes favorites, I roll with it. I'm laying the 23 and a half with Cincy as a normal pick. Uh-huh. I don't love it. I'm scared of them. I don't trust them either. To me, this number, however, if you just... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Cincinnati's looked like garbage the last three times we've seen them. The model knows that. The model's accounting for that. It's not just burying its head in the sand and saying, 
it's like it's like a it's like a person right <laughs> but the model isn't just burying its head in the sand and saying cincinnati should make the playoff right it, it has that data and it has the data about south florida and it still yeah. says cincinnati should win this game by four touchdowns and it's no prettier on paper than it was on the eyes no no, no. not at all not at all and so i like i said i i'm nervous about it but i think there's value in this and i like I said, at the start of this segment, come set. If you're listening this Saturday morning, we may look like, I may look like a fool here talking about this, but I think there's value at this number, especially on the South side of 24 here, knowing that everyone's afraid of Cincinnati, everyone's seen what they've done. And at some point, South Florida is just really bad. And at some point, Cincinnati's going to go out there and do what they should do and run away with the game. So I'm hoping, it, I'm hoping they do. I'm laying the 23 and a half. I'm trusting the math because the math usually doesn't love to lay big numbers. So We'll see how that plays out for me. And then our last Friday game, Wyoming at Boise State. Boise State is a 14-point favorite. I believe last week, Jared and I, two weeks ago, Jared and I picked Boise State, and that worked. And then last, you know, Cousin Jared, bless his heart, he, he, get, he got out ahead of himself. And he was like, I figured out Boise. And of course, he says that. I'm like, this is going to go poorly. We both picked Fresno. Um Boise just ran away with that game. It wasn't even competitive. Uh, Boise looked so good. Um, (laughs) What do you have for us on this one other than telling, other than you told us so about Boise? Okay, that's long enough. I'm sorry. Do you want me to analyze a Boise State game after I mean, watching you guys make your best effort to analyze Boise State games? I think right. I'm done here. Moving yeah, on. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's 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 what I'm gonna do. I'm I am pushing my chips to the middle of the table. I'm going all in on this Boise State team at best bet Boise State minus 14. The model thinks this should be Boise State minus 17 and a half. I think Boise State's figuring it out. They're starting to play really well. Our decade-long history with Boise State, ups and downs, uh, all those players are gone, all those coaches are gone. I think this Boise State team is figuring it out. I think they go out and take care of business against a pretty mediocre Wyoming team. Uh, I, I was thoroughly impressed with how they looked last week. Um, as we mentioned the week before, they got the, they covered even though they didn't look good. So to me, that's that says something right there. Two weeks ago, they covered when they looked bad. Last week, they looked good and they just ran away. So they can cover when they don't look good. They can destroy teams when they do look good. That bodes well for a home game against a mediocre opponent. So I love it at 14. They might win by 14. This might push, but I love Boise State here minus 14. So best. I'm sorry. You, you completely lost me after the words, I think Boise State. <laughs> touche, touche. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the games you care about. These are the games you don't want to miss. We'll start off with Michigan at Penn State. Penn State is a one-point favorite as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, Jack, what do you have for us? Oh, boy. On, that... on, a, on a game you don't want to miss. <laughs> yeah, let's let's continue to watch the Big Ten cannibalize themselves, I think. I Penn State's had, Penn State's had a time, haven't they? They really is, have. Is, is this the Th- get right... Throwing in Auburn in the middle of all this was just like kind of cruel because they already have a tough schedule in the Big Ten playing all these good teams. And then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. and you had to play Auburn as well. I mean, and it, it's never like, OK, they had a 
easier game against Maryland last week. They get Rutgers um, the week after this upcoming one, and then they finish with Michigan they, State. Right. Like, just where was the break for these poor guys? I feel like it's a lot of these teams are in yeah. this boat. I remember we talked a couple of weeks ago projecting out what the playoff would be in these Big Ten teams or whatever. And it's like, I, I'm not going to try to project anything with the Big Ten. Just let them all beat each other up. Maybe one of them yeah. comes out of it with one loss, but they could all end up with two out of all this. Penn State feels like that team that's going to get up, go into a bowl game against someone who is way outclassed by Penn State. It's very possible. One of those four teams very well could, especially considering they have those weird tie-ins with you made the conference championship game, so you get to go to a better bowl than you should, meaning it's someone else drops even further. Yeah, but I mean, Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten and go undefeated doing so, so the Penn State being Michigan might as well happen. <laughs> I am... <sighs> I'm taking the one point with Michigan. It's basically a pick them here. I'm, I've got this as a best bet. The model thinks it should be Michigan minus three. The model is 5-0 back in Michigan. It usually likes Penn State, and it's going the other direction this time. I have no reason to doubt it. I've been on this Michigan train since, like, week three. I mm-hmm. jumped off of it against Michigan State. That worked pretty well. I jumped back on it last week. It covered. I'm still on it this week. That doesn't mean you, it you, will continue to work, but I've pegged <laughs> Michigan. My model is pegged you, Michigan you, you, really you took- well this year. You took the stop at East Lansing and then hopped back on. Hopped right back on. So uh, Penn State is a tough place to play at. But this is also an 11 a.m. kick. So I think that might hurt their edge a little bit. Uh, We've talked about that before, right? We have these really tough places to play. There is that little bit of boost for a night game. I think Michigan's a good team. They really took care of business last week and what people were considering a trap game. They went out and and dominated. And they, they played pretty well against Michigan State in that game, too. Didn't, didn't get the W. Uh, if they play as well as they played against Michigan State, I think they beat a Penn State team that I think is a little bit of fool's gold. Penn State covered last week on a only because of a pick six, 80-yard pick six at the end, where Maryland was driving to make that a one-score game. Got inside the red zone. I just don't think Penn State's in the same class as Michigan here. And so that's why I think that Michigan – I think Michigan should be a field goal favorite here. So best bet for me. Uh, take Michigan money line plus one minus one, whatever it happens to be wherever you're at. Uh, they go into Penn State, I think, and get the win. Uh, the big noon kickoff game for Fox, Oklahoma at Baylor. Oklahoma is a six-point road favorite. What do you have for us here? As a fan, Professor, how did, <laughs> how did Bohannon's last throw treat you in the TCU game? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, for those who didn't watch, Baylor's already in long field goal range, down two with two timeouts left. They they they, they probably need another first down before you realistically can kick, but you're yeah, you're but, you're sniffing it. Yeah, you got yeah, plenty yeah. of time and timeouts. Plenty of time. Yeah, yeah, plenty, yeah. yeah. <sighs> that throw. Yeah. That throw hurt. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. And 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 look, I, we talked about this last week. I, I picked Baylor. I said I picked I Baylor. Right. And I said I couldn't make him a best bet because I just did not know what would happen with the Patterson firing. And we talked about that just adds in a layer of variability. And of course, we find out at the half that, you know, Patterson was worked, still there, worked all week helping them devise a game plan. Because like we talked about, these two teams, those two teams hate each other. Right. Yeah. So it, that was a wonky game. If people talk about that's a trap game or whatever, looking ahead, I don't buy that at all. I, I think. It can't be a trap game if everyone's talking about it as a trap game. Everyone hears that, right? It, to me, the trap game happens maybe in non-conference early in the season, right? That sort of thing. But I mean, yeah, they I, weren't but, looking ahead. 
No, no. I mean, but it, it, it's not a great look to have a big old sign that says caution trap hole and you still walk right into it. Yeah. yeah. But, I, you know, this is one of those things where TCU has always played Baylor and Texas both. Oh, sure. Better than I mean, they've played everybody else. I don't think it means much. I don't I don't take much from that personally to say that how that affects this week for either team. If, you, if you're I mean, I think it's TCU OSU or this Baylor. No, I, I think it has more with like the, the personnel TCU started that game with as opposed to any kind of mental games that happened due to right. Patterson and, or other reasons. I and think. brand new brand new quarterback who no one had any tape on. Yeah, man, I, we, we, we have tape now. We'll be yeah, watching that for a bit. That was that was quite the game. He he did put on a clinic here. I'm taking it Baylor plus six. The model thinks this should be plus three and a half. Uh, the model's four and one when fading Oklahoma this season. It does tend to have a bit of a Baylor bias, like we talked about at the top. It has it's gonna it's gonna consistently the, like or dislike some teams. This also isn't the same OU team that you've been fading. It's not, except that the that same OU team that had you know, Caleb Williams, a quarterback, went into Kansas and tried to lose outright as 400-point favorites or whatever they were, right? So I don't know what to make of Oklahoma. I kind of – I think this is a situation where Oklahoma either comes in and dominates or they probably lose outright. But I like getting plus six because this could easily be a six-point game. Obviously, if it gets to seven, you start liking it a whole lot there because Oklahoma could easily win this game. By seven. Baylor's got a pretty good defense, though. Oklahoma, when they've run away from some teams and they've put up a ton of points, it's been against some bad defenses. Um, oh, yeah. Oklahoma, Oklahoma in that second half in the Red River game, right? Texas defense has been pretty shaky. Oklahoma put up a ton of points against Tech. Their defense has been kind of shaky, right? So Baylor's defense is much better than those teams. So they should be able to hold OU down enough. Those six points might be valuable. Again, the model thinks it should be three and a half. So I'm taking Baylor. Also, Cousin Jared's in a few picks. Cousin Jared has sent in a pick on Baylor as well. He's taking these six points. So no reasoning from him on that other than. I, I lack the faith. I lack the faith. <laughs> Speaking of Cousin Jared, his alma mater, Texas A&M, is at Ole Miss. He did not send in a pick on this one. Uh, but A&M is a two-point road favorite. Uh, what do you have for us here? I honestly haven't paid a crud ton of attention to Ole Miss lately. The The Liberty score kind of like was an interesting one because I think that was Ole Miss was up 14, nothing like really early. And then they uh-huh. just kind of set it on cruise control. So I don't know if that game was ever in doubt. Not really. Okay. So, and, and th- that was, my thought because people didn't really make like a big stink about it yeah. so maybe Ole Miss has been preparing for this Texas A&M game since halftime of Saturday it's very possible it's very possible I don't uh, know. it should be a great game it should be a great game I am taking the two points with Ole Miss the model thinks this should be about a pick them I have A&M as a better team but Ole Miss is a tough place to play so I like getting two points I'd love if I could get three if you can get three this yeah. is the best bet for me as it is I think this is a toss-up game take the team, take the home team, take the team getting points. Uh, we This should be a fascinating game. A&M has zero offense. Uh, only really got on the board against Auburn on, uh, I believe it was a scoop and score, not a, I, I think it was a fumble return, not a pick. Uh, mm-hmm. But their defense scored against Auburn. Otherwise, they couldn't score at all, couldn't move the ball at all. <laughs> and you have Ole Miss who, their defense is better than last year, but that's saying almost nothing and has quite the offense. So this should be an interesting clash of styles here. Um, so yeah, not really sure what to expect there from a total standpoint. Does Jared have a pick for this one? 
Jared does not have a pick for this one. At least at Too the bad. moment. I would have loved to hear the 30 reasons AM would lose this game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all, all three of us can sometimes be pessimistic fans, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Carolina State is at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a two and a half point home favorite. We've already covered the Wake Forest UNC game from last week. Um, what do you have for us on this one? So, NC State feisty, but I mean, this seems like one of those historical games where the team that lost on the road comes back home and they're angry. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't love Wake enough to make a pick on this, but I could see Wake actually like working as hard as they could to just blow NC State out of the water in this one. Cousin Jared is making a pick on Wake Forest. He is laying the two and a half. So he's, he's got a little more faith than you do. <laughs> I, I'm passing on this. I actually have NC State as a one-point favorite, but I'm waiting for three. I don't know if it'll get there, but I'm hoping to get a full field goal with NC State. I like NC State. I think they're a pretty good team. They were a best bet last week. They were an easy winner. I think we're into the part of the season where I'm nervous about Wake Forest's depth. The idea being everybody starts feeling injured at this point of the season. Everybody starts to have to play a little bit fewer plays. Wake Forest just, they keep talking about their, their you know, their whole, the, what the slogan that this season, it kept it was good to great, right? Go from a good team to a great team. They keep talking about they have more depth. I know they're working their way there. I'm just not sure it's there yet. I'm a little nervous about that. So I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not. If if I was going to take Wake Forest, I at least do like it at two and a half over the three that I might get to. But I'm just nervous that NC State is just a better team overall, and that people aren't really giving them the respect they deserve. So it's a pass for me right now. We'll see where this line no. goes. I mean, I, I I say all of that. Um... Is this winner of the game goes to the conference championship game? I could I could not even tell you which team is in which division in the ACC because they do that weird thing where they name both of their divisions like yeah. something about the body of water and half the schools don't touch the body of water. So I don't. Okay, know. yeah, yeah, they're they're both in the Atlantic. Okay. Wake is undefeated as we've discussed. Right, <laughs> undefeated it, after losing to it, another it, team in the conference. <laughs> it, NC, yeah, NC State four and one. So yeah, winner of this gets the driver's seat for the conference championship. And I don't think NC State has much left on their schedule. Yeah, so big oh, no, game, they, a big game. Okay, so then they get they, then they get Syracuse and then they finish at home against North Carolina. So NC State, North Carolina is going to so if, might actually be meaningful. Right, right. So if Wake wins this, they are really comfortably in the driver's seat. If NC State wins yes. it, they're in the driver's seat, but it's not a lock yet. Right. Yeah. Um, and then people are going to ask, why was Wake UNC not a conference game? <laughs> right, right. Because I think I feel like they got overlooked this last week. It should be a fascinating game. I definitely am yeah. going, even without a play, I definitely want to see how this one plays out. Right. Well, I, knowing, like I said, I've been I've been writing both these teams for the last several weeks. Yeah, you know, well, knowing the stakes, I don't know if that makes me more or less certain that Wake will blow NC State out. <laughs> right, right. Our last game in this segment of the games you care about, Notre Dame at Virginia. Notre Dame is a four and a half point favorite. Virginia's quarterback is questionable two right. weeks ago in that fantastic game against BYU as they were um, they had the ball there. They they were driving late. He got hit and comes off, and you could see, you could read his lips coming off. He said, "My rib is broken." 
and and, and he didn't he wasn't like he was walking <laughs> off he's walking off he's like yeah my ribs broken and i'm like i i don't i i, I mean adrenaline he, i guess i don't know like, i i he'd know right i i, I trust would, him i'd be on the ground screaming my lungs out if i had a broken rib wouldn't take long, rib. long with a broken rib you wouldn't that's be able to true. get a deep breath in that's true that's true i would just be pounding my fist on the ground <laughs> yeah so, so no i with quarterback concerns, hard pass from me. Right. It's a pass for me as well right now. What I will say is that my model makes this a Notre Dame four-point edge, assuming that Armstrong is playing in this game. So I don't know what the line is assuming. I don't know if that number is people assuming he will play or won't play. Here's what I will say. If he does not play, I would like anything under a touchdown with Notre Dame. I think that's a pretty big adjustment there. Mm-hmm. If he does play and this number stays around this point, it's probably still a pass. We'll kind of just see again, the key takeaway here as the week goes along and you hear about his status is if he plays, I have this as Notre Dame minus four. If he doesn't without having the exact Exactly, with exact, without knowing exactly what to adjust to, I would say that's Notre Dame minus eight to 10 probably feels about right, uh, given that Armstrong is such a good quarterback. So uh, and a number to watch as the week moves along with his status up in the air. A new segment here this week, I'm calling this one, That's a Big Number. This is where we discuss some games with large spreads. We have four of them here. One of them is just a straight up laugher. Uh, we're going to start with one that, that could have been a laugher at the start of the season, but but isn't because of the way the home team hasn't looked that yeah. good this season. UConn at Clemson. Clemson is a 40 and a half point favorite. Clemson at the start of the season would have been at least a 50 point favorite in this game. Uh, what do you have for us on this one? I think you wanted to talk so, about so this, this is, one. This is a laugher for a different reason because okay. like, you have no idea how badly I wanted to take these points <laughs> because I'm like, because Clemson has scored 40 once this year. Who, who did they score 40 against? Oh gosh, it was the worst team on their schedule pending UConn. Right. Hang on, let's. I'm, I'm looking it up. I was gonna it say, was, was it a team that's worse than was UConn? South Carolina State. Are they worse than you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have that's, the only reason, that's the, the only, only reason I didn't pull the trigger. I was like, I don't know if UConn could beat South Carolina State. Right. We'll have to, we'll have to consult. Uh, see, Sagarin has ratings on FCS teams. We'll have to consult uh, Bill Connolly over with his SP I mean, Plus and see what he thinks about UConn, South Carolina State. I mean, State. The, the most Clemson has scored against a team with a pulse is 30. But we don't know if UConn has a pulse. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so scary, but I'm like, yeah. We've been trashing this Clemson offense all season. And, you know, I think Clemson got a legitimate 30 against Louisville as opposed to that trash cover 30 that they got against Florida State. So maybe they've got some pieces together and that's all they need to cover this spread. But like, I'm not putting my faith in Clemson right now. (laughs) Look, I I don't know. I I didn't pull the total for this game. Um, Something to look at. UConn team total under whatever it is. If it's 0.5 under. I don't see UConn scoring in this game. UConn's offense is historically bad. Clemson's defense yeah. is very good. Mm-hmm. Maybe they get a garbage score. Maybe they get a garbage field goal at the end of the game with the backups. But look, I still think UConn starters versus Clemson's backups can't move the ball. 
because Clemson just has so much depth on, on the defensive side of the ball. I just can't see Cle- UConn scoring. So something to think about, UConn team total under. I just don't see them scoring. I see Clemson pitching a shutout. Maybe UConn gets a field goal. I'm total, I see f- from, total I see from Caesars is 49. 49. So that would make the team total like four and a half or something. Yeah. Three and a half, whatever. Um, I'm laying the 40 and a half with Clemson as an official pick. Uh, the model makes this 44 and a half. And my model, as we talked about, is not built to lay big that's, numbers. That's a big number. That's a big number. But the model thinks it should be bigger. And that's that a, doesn't that's... happen often. So, hey, I'm laying the 40 and a half with Clemson. Uh, like we talked about that's a that's a mountain for clemson it it is but if they got 30 against louisville Louisville. whose defense is okay and if they even if we'll call the 20 whatever they got against florida state real points florida state's defense is much better than uconn's they should be able to put up 50 we'll see it's a game you don't want to watch that's for sure uh next one is an even bigger laugher new mexico state at alabama this game basically broke my model <laughs> alabama is as a, we knew it would alabama is a 51 and a half point favorite against your hometown team new mexico state we both took new mexico state last week and that yeah how'd that go looked, that looked great starting yeah. off they were they got i was loving it yeah, yeah i was laughing i was like i'm 27 what 27 points ahead yeah yeah no that did not that did not end well oh that's a huge number that's an insane number okay okay let's be honest here bam is going to name their score yep so this has less to do with what happens on the field and more to do with what did nick saban eat for breakfast that morning (laughs) and or or more to do with how pissed is Saban that they could have lost to LSU because LSU had the ball multiple times in the fourth quarter where he touched yeah. on an extra point wins the game for him. Yeah, yeah. May, how, may, may, laying the points may make is, sense here because there's there's a bit of depletion on the style point bucket for Bama right now. And, well, I'm not sure it's style points as much as I just think Saban is just going to be pissed all week. And yeah. I think the other thing you have to consider is when the backups come in, they're going to come in early. They're not going to get a chance to play all season. They're going to play as hard as they can. And the backups play, yeah. are still, are still light years better than what New Mexico state has for the most mm-hmm. part, other than maybe a player or two. The model makes this 53 and a half. I'm laying the 51 and a half. <laughs> it is minus minus one twenty. That's a big number right now. It is a giant number. Look, that, we I think that this, is the biggest number. It's the biggest number. We talked about this last week. I had a whole segment devoted to it. The model has said to fade Alabama all eight games this season. It loves to fade Alabama. This is the first time all season it's saying to back Alabama. That says something to me. And as oh. we talked about, I think there is the angle of if, if, if Bama had beaten LSU by 35 last week, I think this is a different story, but given their struggles last week, I think Saban's pissed off. I think right. they win this game. I think, I think this is one of those uh, 56 to nothing kind of games could easily be 52, nothing. That's why they have that juice on there at 51 and a half. could be 52, nothing. Hear me out, Saban. Hawaii has scored 89 points against New Mexico state. Can you do better? We don't need to tell Nick that. Can you do better? It's Hawaii, Nick. I will mention since we talked about it, I have no plays on Ohio State and Georgia 
as we talked about last week, the model usually wants to fade them. The model says fade them again. I don't really see any edge in either one of those, at least for the moment. So right now I'm passing on the Ohio State and Georgia games uh, for similar reasons we talked about before. The model just loves to fade these top three outlier teams. Uh, two more big numbers. Kansas at Texas. 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 As bad as they've been this year is a 29 and a half point home favorite against Kansas. Jack, what's your pick? Look guys, I, I know playing Kansas cures a lot of ills happened with Oklahoma state happened with gosh knows how many other historical teams in the big 12, you get Kansas on the schedule. All of a sudden things are going the way you want them to, yep. but, but Texas, <laughs> like when, when was the last time Texas played a fourth quarter? <laughs> Who? Uh, Louisiana week one? Yeah, I mean... I guess. Okay, I, I, I trust that Texas can lead this game by 30, but then the back door has been just wide open for half of the season. So uh, official play for me. I am, I am taking all of these points against my better judgment. <laughs> but... All right. and, and, and solely because... Like, even if Texas gets to the number, I think they have are just as likely to give it right back up. I'm going the other direction. I'm laying the 29 and a half. The model thinks it should be 30 and a half. I think this game goes one of two ways. I think this game plays out very similar to the Alabama LSU game last week, where Jared and I took LSU plus 28 and a half. We all talked about it. We all said, you'll know by the end of the first quarter. Sure enough, it was a one score game, tie game at the end of the first quarter. It, it, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a blowout for sure. We were like, we've got this. And the same thing's going to happen here. I think this is a game where Kansas either hangs in, probably loses like they did against Oklahoma, probably loses by 10 or 13, but, but hangs in there the entire game. Or I think this plays out like the Kansas-Oklahoma State game and Texas comes out pissed off. Texas has had so many close losses. If they show up, and take care of business. They they beat them as bad as Oklahoma State did. They beat them fifty five to three. Yeah, I think oh, it's I one of two ways. I think you'll know early. I, I think Kansas just needs to not be down twenty eight nothing going into the second quarter. Which that's very possible. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, that, that could happen, and that's my fear. Yeah, I, but but hey, I think I, I think there, there, there's, I mean, best I've ever felt about a backdoor. But to be fair, we talked about this last week about how many touchdowns Kansas would score the rest of the year. They, they scored they more got, than they, I thought they would. They got one against Kansas state. Uh, but I'm just worried they've used all their bullets. Uh, I just don't think they have anything left. I think mm-hmm. if this game is in Lawrence, I'm much more worried about it. Kansas always plays a couple of teams. Well, they're not just one, usually two, usually maybe sometimes I, I, three. I, I heard Kansas beat Texas in Lawrence one time. They did. They did. That is true. But in no one Austin, talks about that. <laughs> in, yeah, no one talks about it. In Austin, I think Texas runs away with it. So I'm laying the 29 and a half with Texas. I'm not worried about a backdoor there. I think they'll be up 40 in the fourth quarter. And our last one, another big number, another team that has not been good, but is coming around a little bit as of late. Wisconsin is a 24 point home favorite to Northwestern. What do you have for us here? Ah, uh, Northwestern. <laughs> we had such faith, such hope. Though it turns out scoring 21 against Michigan State might be the best thing Northwestern's done all year. Yeah. Oy, I, that's, that, that, I mean, Wisconsin has been playing better. They, they, I think yeah. this number is deserved. And I, I don't see where Northwestern's going to find the points necessary to keep this close. 
Yeah, two weeks ago, if you said Wisconsin minus 24 in this game, I would have said there's no way. The way Wisconsin's played the last couple of weeks, I'm not saying that Wisconsin's got it figured out and they're going no. to now win the Big Ten, but they are starting to look a little bit more like the team we all kind of thought they might be. I mean, they they, they beat Giant Killer Purdue a few weeks ago. Like, yeah. turns out that's actually something, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. This is the best bet for me, Wisconsin minus 24. The model thinks Wisconsin should be a 26 and a half point favorite. I'm not sure Northwestern has much of a pulse anymore. I think this is one of those where it's hard to make this number too big for me, just because I kind of think this plays out a little bit like last week's Wisconsin game where they just go out and mm-hmm. steamroll their opponent. Um, as weird as that is to say, I think they're, I think they've figured out at least how to beat up on the bad to mediocre teams in the conference and Northwestern squarely is one of those teams. That wraps us up for the That's a Big Number segment. Moving on to one that we've had for several weeks now. You don't have to watch them to make the monies. This is where we remind you that every winner pays the same, even if it's not a sexy matchup. We've got six games here. A couple of them, maybe not bad. A couple of them, you do not want to watch. You don't have to watch them. That's the reminder. Kicking us off here, a game that historically has been fantastic, but in the last couple of years has... Uh, lacked a little bit of luster. Miami is a short two and a half point road favorite at Florida State. What do you have for us here? All right, audience, please hear me out. Watch this game. Okay. I have no idea what silly things are going to happen in Tallahassee on Saturday, but I guarantee you there's going to be at least one thing none of us has ever seen before. I mean, this matchup has sometimes included those sorts of things. That's for sure. And, and like, like, oh gosh, what a, like, what Indian burial ground? Well, I guess Seminoles. Maybe that's a little too close to home. But yeah, it might be, like, it might be. We, what is going on at Florida State Stadium? Yeah, and, well, in Miami as well. I mean, you got it, you got you got it from both ends. Yeah. There, you have you have Florida State been involved in some wonky. Um, finishes this year, and then you have Miami, who 50% of their games have just been holy cow, nail-biter, last-drive type games. They should just play this game in Orlando. (laughs) There you go. Uh, This is a best bet for me, Miami minus two and a half. It's a best bet because I think that Miami could easily win this game by three. They could easily win it by four. They could easily win by six or seven as well. The model thinks it should be a four-point Miami win kind of as we talked about this should be a crazy close one score game but Miami's the better team and I'm laying less than a field goal so I love this here at two and a half for Miami also Miami seems to really still be playing hard Florida State I'm not so sure they are I faded Florida State as a best bet last week and that worked out pretty easily going back to that well again here today Georgia State is at Coastal Carolina Coastal Carolina is a 10 point home favorite coastal carolina got uh, me and cousin jared to the window last week in just a monsoon <laughs> that was insane that game at georgia southern i don't know if any of y'all saw that uh jack what is your pick for us on this game official pick i love coastal i, I cannot wait to see what coastal does in this game i'm particularly happy that we get them back on a saturday schedule where maybe the maybe their their conference games will make a little bit more sense than the crazy midweek action that we saw with Troy app state. We could go on. Um, now that we're on a m- more routine thing, I think coastal's a much better team 
So I'm, I'm hoping they won't have any problems putting this one away. I agree with you. It's an official pick for me as well. Coastal Carolina minus 10. The model thinks this should be 17 and a half. Thinks they're a much better team than Georgia State. So absolutely, I agree with you. Uh, both of us, they're on Coastal Carolina laying the points. South Carolina is at Missouri. South Carolina is a one and a half point road favorite. And I think you have a pick for us on this one as well. All right. So I have been hating on Mizzou all year. And M- Mizzou, I'm going to pick against you again, but it's not so much your fault this time. So official pick for me, I'm going South Carolina. I am playing a corollary to the Bama theorem, where after you play Bama, you're just like completely drained. Right. Mizzou played Georgia, and they got to lead for five glorious minutes, and then they got the doors blown off of them. And I don't think that's an easy thing to recover from, even though their name isn't Bama. So I don't, I, it, I'm expecting South Carolina, who's the better team, to just have an easier start to this game than Mizzou will. Yep, it's a solid, uh, solid angle there. It's a best bet for me, South Carolina minus one and a half. The model thinks it should be South Carolina minus four. The eyes say it should be even more than that. This line makes no sense to me. Uh, Missouri is bad. They haven't covered all season. Um, last week they covered the, I guess they covered the closing they covered. line. They covered the closing line. They didn't cover the early line, I guess, depending uh. on when you got that number. It was right around that number. Uh, I think that might have been the first time they've covered either the opening, middle, or closing line. Also, I think you're right. I think I saw that. Yeah, South Carolina isn't great, but they're solid, and I think they're a much better team than Missouri. So, yeah, best bet for me, South Carolina minus one and a half. I love it at up to minus two and a half. I still love it at three because they could easily win by three, but uh, they're a better team, even though it's on the road. South Carolina should have no problems here. Sticking in the SEC, Arkansas is at LSU, Arkansas, also a one and a half point road favorite. Now, I guess I should, if I'm going to play the Georgia corollary to the Bama theorem, I should play the Bama theorem and take Arkansas because LSU was in a very rough game against Bama, even though they had a chance of actually winning that game. But I'm, I'm not confident enough to do that here. I am doing just that. I am laying the one and a half with Arkansas. Also another best bet for me. I think that there is going to be a little bit of a letdown from LSU. Maybe not so much the physical aspect that that could absolutely play in. Like we talked about, LSU had the bye the previous week. They spent that whole bye week prepping for Alabama. All of their eggs were in that basket. Orgeron has nothing to lose. They go out, they give Bama a great game, and now they fall just short. How is that going to affect this week? I know this is still a rivalry game. I know there's a trophy on the line. I'm not saying that they're looking past Arkansas, but you have to wonder how that's going to affect them because they almost pulled off what they prepped two weeks for. I feel better about professional athletes that are older and more mature bouncing back from something like that. I just don't know about 19-year-old kids. How are they going to bounce back from that? I don't know. It's certainly going to cost them some focus. Yeah, so I, I think that's smart. And you don't yeah. you don't have much focus to afford to lose when you're playing a team like Arkansas. Right. Arkansas is a pretty solid team. They got the win last week. Um, I'm laying less than a field goal, so I love it here. Best bet for me, yeah. Arkansas minus one and a half. Rutgers is at Indiana. Definitely, ladies and gentlemen, a game you do not want to watch. Indiana is a six and a half point 
home favorite. Indiana 0-7 against the spread this season, I believe. Behold, the best 2-7 and team in the country. And I, <laughs> and I do not think it's close. I mean, yes, Indiana's 0-7 against the spread, but think about the teams they were playing at the time and how good we thought they were at the time they were playing Indiana. And then it turns out like everyone was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think there's some value here because we're finally in the part of the schedule where Indiana has games they could realistically win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially, and also at the start of the year, we thought Indiana was going to be like among those really good teams. They're, they're we not talked about this. We talked about this in one of the early podcasts, how Indiana would fare this year being the hunted versus the hunter after what they were able to accomplish last year. The answer, not well. Yeah. Quarterback issues, obviously mm-hmm. adding into that now on their third string quarterback. Kind uh, of uh, uh, I mean, and official play for me, I'm going to take, Indiana and lay the points here on the grounds that I think this team is a lot better than their schedule or their stats would potentially lead you to think. So I'm expecting the model to disagree with me here. It does disagree with you. I'm on the other side. I'm taking Rutgers plus six and a half. The model thinks it should be Indiana minus three. That says the model does think Indiana is a better team than Rutgers by half a point. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you expect a third string quarterback to cover anything more than seven. I think your only window here is I playing Rutgers. I mean, it's true. <laughs> Rutgers isn't very good. I think your only window here is Indiana wins by seven. I think this is a really uh, two really bad teams. Uh, I love getting six and a half. I would love getting seven. I think this could, Indiana could easily win this game by three, four, six would not shock me at all. And all of those, uh, I'm a, I'm a winner with Rutgers. So I'm on Rutgers. Uh, I do agree with you, Indiana at 0 and 7 against the spread might be a little misleading, but I just can't trust a third string quarterback, uh, even playing a, a team mm-hmm. as bad as Rutgers. And then our last one for this segment, Air Force. At Colorado State, Air Force is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite after that heartbreaking loss last week to Army, a loss where they forced a fumble in overtime. The ball rolls into the end zone. If they recover it, they basically have won and given us the cover. Instead, Army recovers that fumble in the end zone for the touchdown in overtime. Uh, It's kind of a heartbreaker there for Air Force, trying to bounce back here at Colorado State. Uh, What do you have for us here, Jack? I mean, a microcosm of last week, right? Like, just so many, like really weird things that had happened across the, the, the entire gamut of the games. Yeah. Uh, so many things like, it's hard to even it's hard mean, to keep them all straight. I mean, who, who do you trust more to bounce back air force from that, given what that game against army probably means to them or LSU. I feel like these are two very similar stories. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think the difference for me here is that I have Air Force as a much better team than Colorado State. So I think that helps them out there. I've got this as a best bet, Air Force minus two and a half, simply because it's under a field goal. I think this is another game that we talked about we'll know early on. I think Air Force, mm-hmm. if they come out focused, jumps out to an early lead, I will feel great about this. If they fall down early, a little bit of hangover from last week. The hope here is that Kids in the Air Force have a little bit more focus and can bounce back better than the rest of the kids in colleges across the U.S. Right? Uh, 
I, I would hope so. That's the hope. Uh, Cousin Jared has also sent in this as a pick, an official pick for him, Air Force minus two and a half as well. I, I also owe Air Force and Army an apology. I didn't think the ball would be thrown four times in that game. It was thrown 36 times. It was thrown a lot. We talked last week about Air Force struggling with the passing attack and Army not doing that, but both teams had no problem throwing the ball. It was kind of interesting. Of course, after that abysmal first half, I guess they all they figured they had to do something different. Army only got 108 yards on the ground. Right. I think I think I saw that that was Army's lowest rushing total in a win. Like, yeah. But they threw for 200 know. in the air. Like, yeah. okay. They, we, they listened to the podcast. Hooray. <laughs> like, well, I don't think it was just us. I think everyone knows that, that that's the way to beat Air Force is <laughs> through the air, ironically enough. Um, and Army was able to do that. Uh, kind of. Uh, again, the ball bounces slightly different in that overtime, and Air Force still gets the win uh, there in Arlington. I've got some quick hitter picks. All these are regular picks. Duke at Virginia Tech. I am laying the 11 with Virginia Tech. The model thinks it should be 14 and a half. Duke has been an easy fade the last couple of weeks. I don't see any reason why this changes here. Virginia Tech looked abysmal uh, last week. Playing Duke, I think, will cure that ailment. Maryland at Michigan State. Michigan State is a 13 and a half point favorite. I'm laying the points of Michigan State. The model thinks it should be 15. Michigan State let me down here this last week against Purdue, but I think they get right against a Maryland team that just cannot get out of their own way. I tried to back Maryland last week. I did back Maryland uh, last week. Couldn't they get let out of their the world way. down, Ryan. Or they let, they let... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Syracuse is at Louisville. Syracuse is getting three and a half. I'm taking all three and a half points. It is minus 120 right now. The model thinks it should only be two and a half. Who the heck knows what will happen in that game? So I like getting over a field goal. Western Kentucky is an 18 point favorite at Rice. The model thinks Western Kentucky minus 20. So I'm laying the 18 there. Rice isn't very good. This should have a lot of points in it. And so I like Western Kentucky to be able to score kind of at will against Rice. Charlotte at Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech is a six-point favorite. I'm taking the six points with Charlotte. The model thinks it should only be a four-point spread. Louisiana is a six-point road favorite at Troy. I'm laying the six with Louisiana. The model thinks it should be eight and a half, so crossing seven and then getting the push protection there on six. I like Louisiana. Arkansas State at Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Monroe is a three-point home favorite. I'm laying those three points. The model thinks five and a half. Louisiana Monroe, heartbreaking loss. Last week against Texas State, I tweeted about this. They would have had to cover if they could make an extra point. They would have a cover if the Texas State running back decides I don't have to score when the team's letting me score. I think they bounce back here with a win against a, a, a worse Arkansas State team. So I like Louisiana Monroe minus three there. Now Georgia Southern at Texas State, I'm laying the two and a half with Texas State. The model thinks three and a half. So it's only a one point difference, but that's obviously a key number on that field goal. Once it gets to three, it's a pass for me. So it's a play at Texas State minus two and a half. Uh, sticking in the state of Texas, UCF at SMU. SMU is a seven and a half point favorite. I am taking the seven and a half with Central Florida. The model thinks it should only be a four point differential. So getting uh, six and seven there, I think that's got a lot of value for Central Florida. And then the last one in the segment, UAB at Marshall. Marshall is a six-point favorite. I'm laying the six points. The model thinks it should be an eight-point spread. And then Cousin Jared has a couple of extra picks. He said, and this is usually when I give him the floor, but he's not here, so I will pass along his two extra picks. And again, he will make plenty more throughout the week. I will retweet those. They are tracked in the sheet 
and on that stamp. He likes the over in South Alabama at Appalachian State. That's over 55. He is also taking a point and a half with Cal at home against USC. I mean, why not? <laughs> this is a pass for me for now because I don't know who's playing in that game. Cal and Stanford both had all sorts of COVID protocol, injury, whatever issues last week. Like Stanford and Cal both missed their quarterback. I know Cal is missing like half their team, it seemed like. I just want to wait on this one and, and see how it plays out. Cal lost to Arizona last week, so shout out to Arizona for finally getting a win. But against half a Cal team, I, I don't want to discount it. They got a win, so congrats. But, yeah, it, it, I want to see how this plays out. Who's back? I don't. I didn't. I haven't looked into the situation yet. We record this uh, again on Sunday night, so there's not a lot of information up at the moment. Um, if Cal has their full stable of players – I think that Cal's the right side to be on there. I think they're a better team than USC. USC's all over the map, and, and Garbers has played really well this year here of late. So I uh, just want to see who's playing for Cal um, and Stanford, for that matter, as well. And then we're going to wrap up here with our After Dark segment. If you're a night owl who loves college football, this is the segment for you. We have three games. The first one is Washington State at Oregon. Oregon is a 14-point favorite. What do you have for us here? Oh boy. So I logic would dictate that with a Wazoo coach who was fired a couple of weeks ago and a superior Oregon team playing at home like this, this, this seems like a no brainer, but, but again, if Washington is not involved, I don't know what's going on in the PAC 12. <laughs> That's not a crazy thought. I am taking the 14 points. I like it. At 14, below 14 is tough because Oregon could easily win this game by 14. We know it's a key number. The model thinks it should be a 12-point spread. Oregon struggled to put away Washington last week. Washington's better than Washington State, I guess, but that's just a lot of points for an Oregon team that I just don't think is that good. And they have really struggled to put away teams that they should put away. So I think there's some value here on the plus 14. This feels like a situation where when you look at the power ratings, Oregon is slotted in a spot where they're too low if they're playing a good team, but they're too high if they're playing a bad team. And I don't know if that'll hold. I don't know if it's a small sample size kind of glitch. But as is, I just think that there's some value here at Washington State, especially at plus 14. So I'm taking all of those points there. And then two Mountain West games that should be a lot of fun if you're up late Saturday night. Utah State at San Jose State. San Jose State is a four-point favorite. Oh, man, I was, very, tem- I was very tempted to take Utah State because y- you have to think that, you know, even if it's against New Mexico State, a comeback like that has to make you feel good because not only did you win, you won going away. Mm-hmm. And I've not been a huge fan of San Jose State this year. So this this seems like a game that Utah State could actually just win outright. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I, I, again, no, no real urgency to pull the trigger on this one. I think you're right. The model makes this a one-point game, so really a toss-up. Getting four points shows a lot of value, so it's an official pick for me, Utah State plus four. It's also an official fit, official pick for Jared, Utah State plus four. San Jose State has not been that good this year Mm-mm. on the whole. 
So Utah State, I think, has a lot of value there above a field goal. And then Nevada at San Diego State, two teams that are confusing, in my opinion. I don't know what to make of either one of them. San Diego State uh, jumped out to a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, what do you have for us here? I mean, how, what percentage of each of these teams is going to show up this week? Yeah, I couldn't tell you that one. I mean, this has the potential to be a great after dark game. Mm-hmm. And a potential but, to be a blowout in either direction. Exactly. Like, yeah. like I, don't, I, I don't trust either of these teams, but on average, they're amazing. Yes, yes. On average, they are very good Mountain West teams. This feels like a game where... I personally tend to go to bed on these games at about halftime. I feel like this is a game where either team could be up double digits at the half and lose, and I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Or either mm-hmm. team could be up double digits at the half and win by 30, and I wouldn't be surprised. Or it could be a nail-biter the whole way. Anything could happen in this game. It wouldn't surprise me. These two teams are just Jekyll and Hyde every week, it seems like. Yeah. I'm laying the two and a half of San Diego State. Here's why. The model thinks that on average, San Diego State is a better team. Again, we don't know which team will show up, but on average, if they're the better team. There, there, are, some, there are some thick tails in this distribution. There are some thick tails in this distribution. They're the home team, and I'm laying less than a field goal. So the idea for me is don't overthink this. Pick the home team mm-hmm. when it's less than a field goal, especially if you think that home team is a little bit better. Again, a lot of variability in this game. So this is one that I would not recommend. I would not recommend chasing and throwing a large number, you know, a large percentage of your bankroll on this game because who no. knows what's going to happen. But if you are interested in some action, I think the smart play under a field goal is to lay the points of San Diego State just because they're the home team here. It could easily be a nail biter. And then, like I said, you're going you're gonna to love having a better team and not having to lay more than a field goal. It could be a blowout. And it, it doesn't matter, obviously, but I think there's a little bit of value here at San Diego State, so I'm laying the two and a half there. Which wraps us up for another episode of Picks with a Professor. We'd like to thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe or follow if you aren't already. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>